0: The Opinion Line on Courts 96FM. was browsing my Sunday Times last weekend and this headline caught my eye. I'm 28 and I don't own a kettle. And I'm thinking, Charlotte Ivers, how do you live? Good morning. Good morning. Um, you don't own a kettle
1: well you know what I do own a kettle but it's been broken for 18 months so one of the main things people have been saying to me apart from don't you drink tea which I don't is why haven't you got rid of it and I don't really have an answer for that apart from I just don't notice it anymore but the reason I don't own a kettle and the thing I was writing about is that I get all of my coffee in takeaway cups I live in a tiny little flat in the centre of London and There isn't really much space in it. I don't really spend any time there. Mm. And I have a fair bit of disposable income because I've got a professional job doesn't stretch to buying a nice big house, but what it does stretch to is nice little things like spending three pounds on a coffee. And so, in a way, the kettle sort of became a bit of a metaphor in my head for a very specific type of life, a very specific way that a lot of young people in Mm. cities live, and I suppose the way that I live as well.
0: Your your apartment flat, whatever you call it, is, is literally just a place you come to sleep and to rest, and that's pretty much it
1: exactly i probably have people over for dinner maybe twice a year i very rarely spend any time there by myself i live alone which is great a lot of my friends haven't got the ability to do that they have lots of flatmates and i did have a new year's eve party but to be honest it was a bit of a mess it was pretty cramped i probably won't be repeating that one anytime soon
0: and because of where you live you're are you close to public transport like you don't need to own a car
1: exactly i'm about two minutes walk from a tube station everything's very close i don't own a car i can't actually drive and of course if i lived outside of a major city i absolutely would have to drive and i'm not very good at it that's why i can't but the last time i tried was about five years ago and i haven't really felt the need to try again since because it hasn't been necessary
0: yeah. so you get your laundry done Outside, you get your coffee in the morning. Outside, on, on on the way to work, and literally where you are is just a place to stay. Do you think it's? That's I do do co- my own laundry. To be fair, I'll will defend
1: myself on that. Oh, do not yeah. got quite that bad
0: yet. <laughs> okay, but the coffee comes comes from the shop
1: the coffee definitely comes from the shop yes uh, over the course of the pandemic during lockdown i started making my own coffee but the minute the coffee shop started reopening that became my one treat of the day i go going pick up my takeaway coffee and walk around with it for a bit and that really really cheered me up so it sort of has become one of the nice life luxuries really even though it's something that happens every day it's still a really lovely thing that cheers me up
0: yeah people would look at Millennials or younger people And they say oh my god You don't know how good you have it You know
1: I think that's certainly true in a lot of ways. If you look at something like foreign holidays, the foreign holidays that me and my friends can afford, you know, everything from a nice cheap package trip to the Mediterranean, to people who go on these huge extensive tours around Southeast Asia or South America, that's just simply wasn't a possibility for our parents growing up. And then you've got things like, uber cheap taxi rides making them accessible to much many more people generally before we had this cost of living crisis luxuries were cheaper than they would have been for our parents so you've got all these great things that Mm. we are so lucky to have But then you've got the other end of the spectrum, which is we all have pretty rubbish pensions because final salary pensions aren't really a thing anymore. Employers don't put as much money in. House price multiples in somewhere like London have completely changed. So it used to be three times the average salary for a house. Now it's about eight times. So you've sort of got this odd paradox where all the nice little things are much more accessible. But all the big things, the things you would consider proper markers of stability in adulthood, Mm. are Far less accessible.
0: Have you you given up, more or less, Charlotte, on on buying your own place eventually?
1: Uh, Well, so I do own my flat. And the reason I own my flat is essentially because I've got a lot of dead grandparents, which is... (laughs) how anyone comes to own property in London at the age that I am. And to be honest, well into their 30s and 40s, when you look around at people who I know, it is only people who either have enough family wealth that they've been given some sort of gift by their family or who have... uh, ended up inheriting something from dead relatives who have been able to actually purchase somewhere. So I'm particularly lucky on that front, although it's in a way very unlucky to have lost my grandparents at a fairly early age. And the reason for that really is about deposits. So if you look at, I don't know, say you're going to take, this is a lot more expensive than my flat was, but say you're going to take a two-bedroom flat around where I live. Mine's a bit smaller than that. You're probably looking at half a million pounds. And what is it you can... I know. So say say you're on a pretty decent income, something really uh, 80... uh, I'm going to do a round number, actually, to make the maths easier for me. So you're on 50 grand a year. That's nearly double the national average income. What can you borrow? You can borrow five times your salary an absolute push. So you can get 250 grand. At which point you're going to need 250 grand worth of deposits and i don't think anyone's getting that very easily so at that point that's why a lot of people think you know what either i'm going to say i'm never going to buy property and i'm going to have my nice little frivolities or people will be hoping to be able to inherit at some point because of course a lot of people have parents whose houses have gone up massively in value and that will one day be released
0: yeah, one, th- one thing that you, you also talked about in, in the piece was that sometimes you, you eat out just because you can on a Wednesday or a Thursday just because you can, because, you know, you, you've got a good job, you've got a decent income, and you kind of have nothing else to spend it on at the moment
1: that's sort of true really and i don't have children i don't have a desire to get a bigger flat or a bigger house if i was looking for a big family house near where i live you'd be up way again a a nice terrace house in zone two of london which is where i live probably is going to set you back about a million pounds and that is so wildly out of reach for me that i think right well (laughs) I won't worry about that what I will do is I'll buy myself a nice dinner and that is again just such a hugely lucky lucky privileged place to be in and my life is very nice but the type of thing that you would consider a pretty decent ordinary aspiration in Mm -hmm. other parts of the country outside of a big city just isn't something I really think about I think as well people in my position people professionals in big cities tend to have children a bit later part of that probably is due to the housing market as well. There's nowhere to put a child in my flat. Saw some data the other day that said that 50% of women at age 30 have a child, at least one child in Mm. the UK and I don't know a single one of them. Actually that's not true. I know one of them who is my sister who lives in our hometown. She's got a child but not a single woman I know age 30 in my social circles in London has a child Mm. and so clearly the lifestyle that I have found myself in, the group of people I found myself in is statistically very weird.
0: You'd you'd be bringing a huge expense upon yourself anyway if you were to have a child. You know when you moved into your little... uh, uh, apartment forced and and settled in there like how did you find yourself equipped charlotte in terms of many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Could you cook? Could you do your own laundry? Did you know what you were doing when you moved out first?
1: Oh, that's an interesting one. I was... Okay, by the time I got into my current flat. University was a bit of a bloodbath. I was extremely bad at working out how to do my washing, extremely bad at working out how to do my ironing, which is quite odd actually, because my mum sort of encouraged me to learn all of these things and tried to get me to help. And I did, but there's something about being left all alone that leaves you floundering. I'm all right at cooking. I really like cooking for other people. Mm. Don't really care for cooking for myself, then there's just one of you. Firstly, you sort of think, well, what's the point really to spend longer cooking this than I'm just going to spend eating it? And as well, when it comes to food shopping, it can actually get quite expensive quite quickly because you buy all the ingredients for the thing you want. And then unless you want to eat the same thing three days in a row, it is going to go mouldy and be thrown away. So it almost becomes more cost efficient to just buy a packaged sandwich and eat it.
0: There ain't much room for batch cooking and freezing in a small one bedroom place.
1: No, my freezer is about the size of a small desk drawer, if not smaller. So exactly, that is something that, to be honest, I'm possibly a little bit too disorganised to do. But if I tried, then it would end up being pretty tricky as well.
0: I was just thinking to myself, you know, if you have a bad cold, and you want to make yourself a hot drink during the night, then you might miss the kettle
1: that is true there have been occasional moments i used to occasionally make myself pasta but then tesco stopped making my favorite pasta sauce so it's been a while since i made myself pasta and i would boil it on the hob then and i didn't really consider that particularly annoying to be honest but i suppose a kettle could have helped then as i say the tea drinkers in my life have been absolutely outraged because <laughs> they are completely bemused as to how i get through life without drinking tea but i've never really taken to it personally personally. Hot drink in the middle of the night, actually, I think it's probably quite good for me not to have a constant supply of caffeine on tap overall, because I probably would end up drinking it at 11pm, mm. so in a way, maybe this is a nice restriction on my ability to <sighs> mess up my own sleeping cycles.
0: Fergal reminds me here, there's always a microwave. Do you have one of those?
1: There is, I don't have one of those either, but no. I've never had one of those. Now, whatever about I- a
0: kettle, Charlotte, how on earth do you live without a microwave?
1: I've never had one. I think this is one of the great divides in the world. People who have microwaves and always grew up with one and couldn't live without one and people who didn't and so don't really know what they're missing and I currently don't know what I'm missing at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think you know what you sound like you're really happy and really contented in your little place but the cost you're I mean we've a housing crisis and a cost of price of housing crisis in Ireland but you did you did you just say to me a two-bedroom terrace house where you are in london a million pounds
1: pretty much yeah i'm sure if you shopped around or you were willing to go a bit further out then you would be able to get that down and there are really good transport links in london so i'm thinking about it i think if you go sort of a 10 15 minute train ride out from me some friends recently bought a two-bedroom terrace house for six hundred thousand. so you can bring that down still pretty expensive it is. that's an awful awful lot of money um but i would say actually to be honest i'm really lucky on this front because if i look at friends who are renting it's the rental market yeah. that has become oh, yeah. really terrible here i think it's rather similar oh, where you are but dreadful. you would be You'd be really surprised to get a one-bedroom flat for less than 1,500 a month here. And that is actually going fairly far out as well. It is. And that is a lot more dramatic than it was a couple of years ago. I think... Before I moved into my current flat a couple of years before the pandemic, I was living bang in Zone 1 in Waterloo, so the most central bit of London you can. And I was paying 1050 a month, which felt very expensive at the time. And now you'd absolutely bite the hands off a landlord who offered you that anywhere in Zone 1 or 2, really.
0: Crikey. All right. Good Good to talk to you, Charlotte. Charlotte Ivers, uh, from the Sunday Times. Just Google her and it will come up. It's just a whole different way of living. She's got no kettle. She's got no microwave. She doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. She. Good job, owns her place. Tube is over the road. Coffee in the shop. Does her own laundry. Doesn't cook. Unless she wants to. Quartz 96 FM.